Hey, 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 this is Al Dalton from Sheffield Band Recruits, and you're listening to Looking Up Sheffield. People might have walked down here, it's on Exchange Street um, in Castlegate, and if you walk past this gold shutters with some uh, what we might call foreign writing, but it's uh, it's Punjabi, and it's basically just tra- it translates to uh, all fur coat and no knickers, um, you know. And the, the, the whole kind of point of that is it's kind of relating a little bit back to uh, Jarvis Cocker and you know the fact that we're all common people, and actually, you know, what belies this superficial elegance that we have, basically more polished parts of the city. Actually, we're all we're all kind of good people all trying to get on and have a drink or socialise, which is difficult in these times, as you know. We try inhumanity and it doesn't work. Now, let's try humanity. It's a, it's a great combination of things coming together and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, like, having something which uh, encourages people to come down and skate in the city as well, rather than just go to a skate park. So it's like, you're in the city doing some shopping or whatever, then come for a skate as well. So it's... Uh, you can do various things, and now you can skateboard in the city, so it's cool. Um, like a like an amazing fish can, um, and into some new bounds of uh, realism tonight. Can I get you a drink? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, pal. We're just recording a podcast. Right. Oh, I'm So, welcome to Looking Up Sheffield, episode 8. It's actually our birthday edition, which is pretty um, handy, actually, because I'm here with Nicola Allen, who has recently celebrated a birthday. Good evening. Good evening to you, sir. It's a beautiful night on the uh, canal. It is. Uh, we've done some uh, cracking interviews, which I'm sure you're going to absolutely love listening to on this episode that takes you into the heart of Punjabi speakeasies, into the mind of Chilean sculptors and into the wheels of Skateboard GB and many places in between. This is a varied podcast, dear listener, and uh, I'm here with Nicola Allen and uh, we're just enjoying a a, a quick catch-up on the canal, um, which of course is over 200 years old, but Nicola wasn't quite 200 years old, No, not quite, a fraction of that. (laughs) <laughs> so tell me about Florence, how was that? It was sublime, I think um, on, on the topic of our top ten this, this time uh, public art, you know, you, you, you can't go to Florence and not talk about the art and culture that's in that city it's just everywhere and it's just beautiful and well, you don't even need to go anywhere, it's just there so yeah, it was amazing well, we're beating a drum for Sheffield's culture and uh, and, and for the specific Castlegate area as well, which I think for a lot of people, in in the last podcast we uh, focused on some of the buildings that uh, uh, that are starting to be regenerated in Castlegate. But this one is about um, three of the individuals that are kind of making that change happen and perhaps surprising people and uh, and and you know making them think in different ways so we we've got speakeasies we've got skaters and we've got sculptors in tonight's podcast it really is a treat which takes you via Chile, the punjab and just outside sheffield so um without further ado um we will just go into our top 10 and because we're doing an interview with the lovely uh, daniel bustamente from uh, um, from um, the uh, River Art Project and uh, talking about the inspiration that gives him the sort of 
uh, the drive to do his uh, sculptures on the River Don. We're doing a, a top ten of Sheffield public art. And without further ado, let's cue up the uh, the music and say in at ten, Nicola. Well, it's it's the good old phlegm. <laughs> Uh, mausoleum <laughs> I always say it wrong <laughs> Mausoleum of the Giants it was an amazing um, exhibition that we uh, we luckily got a sneak preview at didn't we and, we did uh, got underneath all the arches and uh, got some great shots of but yeah it was quite a phenomenal um, phenomenon <laughs> <laughs> I can't pay for a license for that something the Muppets as well, you know. I'm already going to have to pay for Uptown Girl by uh, Billy Joel later on, but that's that's for later on in the podcast. So anyway. it's nice to see that as well. You know, there's that lasting piece of art on the side of the building. Um, yeah, that's where right. the exhibition was, and then the various pieces around the city. The one outside Riverside, which we we saw in full effect uh, when the floods happened, and um, so yeah, there's, there's bits of phlegm all over the city <laughs> yeah, really, yeah I think he did his uh, he did his kind of like particular phlegm style and kind of created that in Sheffield it's very much a Sheffield innovation and he's gone off all around the world since there and at nine it's the uh, Salmon of Steel now you haven't really arrived at Sheffield Railway Station today if, unless you look a giant salmon in the eye uh, this has appeared almost overnight as part of the Festival of the Mind celebrations and uh, it is um part of the kind of recognition that uh, the salmon have returned to the rivers of Sheffield, especially the River Don, uh, just something to really celebrate, I think. And so much like that veritable steel salmon, we'll try and rise higher and better and faster in our subsequent podcasts. At number eight... And we'll try not to die at the end of our journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll try not to be caught in the, in the internet. <laughs> and at eight, it's Chilean... Dan's River Sculptures. Now, he appears later on in this podcast, Nicola Allen, so I'll give you the uh, the update on this. Dan um, is originally from Chile. He's come over to Sheffield, and he's literally just started creating sculptures that have appeared in the River Don, made from the material that's been found at the bottom of the, uh, of the river. And it's quite remarkable, really. All of those... Um, uh, sculptures tell a story, a very profound story about uh, about mindfulness and meditation, and they just appear like uh, like astonishing warriors on the uh, uh, on the area around uh, the River Don near the Spider Bridge, and uh, they really are quite remarkable. So, in at number seven, Nick, it is Frank in Kellam Island. Oh, it's Frank the Pooch, <laughs> the Pete McKee Pooch. Um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love Frank and who doesn't love Hobnobs, let's face it, they are the, the, dream combination. the, the top biscuit. Um, Frank must feature in so many Instagram posts of uh, all the people down at Kellam on the nights out. Um, I think he's definitely a bit of a, a, bit of a Sheffield celebrity. He is, and uh, Pete has actually got a, a, a couple of dogs, I think, and he got one during lockdown. It's nice to follow him on Twitter and see um, his tails, and uh, they obviously get immortalised in his art as well. <laughs> um, at six, it's Kid Acne, and uh, one of the things that uh, got me through lockdown was uh, 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 a great print of his called uh, It Is What It Is, and uh, that's a, a great saying of, uh, of uh, many people, not just me, and uh, Kid Acne's work is all across the city. I think as well it's it's a good time to remember the one that says this too shall pass. 
It is indeed. Um, which uh, you famously photographed me in front of at, at that exhibition. <laughs> at, at, at the time, we didn't know that any of this was even coming, let alone passing. So, uh, you know, but I, I truly believe that eventually whatever it is will pass. And uh, uh, and it's a great kind of memory for us of going to that uh, that exhibition. And uh, and Kid Acne, of course, is a great son of Sheffield. And, uh, and his, uh, his artwork is all over the place. Seek it out. At five, I'm uh, giving uh, Nick a real run of it here. She's uh, going to talk about um, not the salmon of steel, but the women of steel. Oh, well, it had to be in there, didn't it? I mean, it, for me, it's, it's just one of the most beautiful statues ever because it just, it just depicts Sheffield and strong women and just everything that, that Sheffield stands for, solidarity and sticking together and just that arm-in-arm spirit of of people of Sheffield um, and yeah the women have featured in a few uh, few bits of bits and bobs of Covid they've been seen with the masks on in uh, in some of the um, comms going out and uh, and I, rem- I worked on the the unveiling and, and the whole bringing about of uh, the women's steel statue and it was just such an amazing day and um, seeing all the women there that had actually worked in these munition factories just crying and proud and dancing and um, yeah it's just an absolutely special moment in recognizing our history keeping that strong women theme going it's uh, in at four we've got the great artwork of Fornographic and at three Joe Peel now we'll tackle these ones together I mean all across the city there's some great bits of, uh, of artwork that uh, those two uh, illustrators public artists have done um, what would you like to say about those Nick? Um, well the Fornographic ones are just they're just so beautiful aren't they you know bringing all the elements of nature uh, into the city centre I suppose it just speaks the outdoor city vibe that we've got going on in Sheffield that you can have these these beautiful pictures of birds and whatever just all over in, in these urban environments and um, yeah I, I, I really love them and at number two talking of things that we love it's the excellent I love you will you marry me um, there's a, a bit of a theme of love running through tonight's podcast because we uh, we had a little look at, uh, at Bally Jahal's um, true love restaurant um, but uh, I love you will you marry me it's a great story and if you want to seek it out I'll post a link to the uh, the Radio 5 or Radio 4 documentary about the, the guy that scrawled that to, to Claire Middleton back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. And it's illuminated now on Park Hill, and I think it, it speaks to a great future for Park Hill as well. It's uh, one of those things, it's just a very, very short statement, but he, uh, he wrote it for all to see, and, uh, and it endures to this day, even though their love didn't, sadly. Um, so that's in at number two and at number one well we couldn't really beat I love you will you marry me unless we had the snog (laughs) (laughs) the snog is just on the uh, on the wall at Fagan's it's another Pete McKee so two in the top ten for for our man Pete today and uh, yeah the snog is something to be sought out it just shows that the love can endure into the into your 60s your 70s your 80s um, and uh, it it, it really is an indescribable poem. It's a, 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 not a poem, it's an indescribable bit of art. 
It might as well be a poem. Yeah, it feels like a poem. It feels like a bit of poetry. It there. does. And again, does. we talk about poetry. Visual, visual poetry. Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, you know, this, uh, this podcast has really got it all. Um, so that was our top ten, um, and we can stop the music now. Now, before we go into our interviews, Nick, we've, um, uh, we've obviously gone on to Castlegate, and this is a special episode about Castlegate tonight. Mm. Um, what do you think of, uh, of the Castlegate area and how it is today? To be honest, I, I can't really believe it. I mean, the place with places we've been in this evening that I didn't even really know existed, which I feel a little bit ashamed about, really, as a, as a born and bred Sheffielder. Um, and obviously, the impact of COVID has slowed down the progress of what's going on here. But we are seeing now how everything's linking up from... Um, you know, from like the tram stops up at where commune is and all that, right down to here now, you've just got this trail of creativity and just amazing bars and nightlife, and you can see that it's all it's all buzzing away under the surface, just waiting to explode. And I think it will eventually once we get through whatever. Once this too shall pass, you know, um, I think it's, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And we can see with the greater green stuff that's just been completed, it just looks stunning down there now. And it just feels like a really lovely place to be. So we're bringing you speakeasies and skaters in tonight's podcast. But first of all, let's take a trip to the workshop of sculptor Daniel Bustamente and his found art that adorns the River Don. I'm here with uh, Daniel, um, the, uh, the famous river sculptor of, uh, of Sheffield. I'm not famous. <laughs> um, Don't go to make me famous. I'm going to make you famous on this podcast. Um, we're in your workshop, which is just overlooking the River Don, just on the corner of, uh, of Blanc Street, and it's just a, a trove of found stuff from the, um, from the River Don. Perhaps you could just tell me about where we're standing today and, and some of the sculptures and the ideas behind them. Yeah, well, the whole idea was uh, started because uh, I was uh, very feeling very bad about the war in Iraq, actually. It was the time when I came around the river and I realized that there were stones there and then it was, it was fresh, so I looked down under the water and there were these stones and I decided to do something and build up something there. And I realized that they looked so amazing standing in the water, this little sculpture. It was very simple, but uh, it made me think, oh, maybe I can say something. Just the sculptures, this place to say something. And uh, so I started making sculptures, and, uh, but the whole point at the beginning was to uh, say something useful, you know, to uh, think uh, what have we done wrong, uh, and uh, how we can uh, solve the problems of war, conflicts, you know, and ecological problems. So the idea is to use the sculptures as a way of... Uh, uh, thinking, uh, uh, reflecting about uh, where we are and where we are going. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and I don't want to tell you what it is. I like it. I like a little bit of, uh, bit of noise. It makes it sound like we're just, just a little bit of river about it. I like yeah. it. Um, so all of these come from uh, you know, bricks, factories, um, grinding wheels. Yeah. Um, they're very totemic. Actually, you know, exactly, they, they, yes. you know they, they look like uh, 
that you know they could be from Machu Picchu or they could be from uh, think, like yeah. a, an ancient civilization. Yeah. Sometimes when I when I look at the, when I'm in the river, I look at them in the river. They look like a picture of uh, another planet. In the river, they look really amazing because they are in the water. You know, so the water is moving. This is quite amazing. But now I, they are out of the water because this real this year because of uh, the pandemic. You know, I was afraid to go to the water and uh, to buy materials and be around people, so I didn't have the time to restart it this year. But amazingly, I, they uh, lent me this place for free. You know, and just look at it, it's amazing. It's perfect because it's big, so I can build all the sculpture for the next year. Like an art cathedral, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a cathedral, yeah. Especially the sound. <laughs> and. Uh... It's, it's part of an old factory itself, so you know, oh, yeah. maybe some of the pieces that you're working with yeah, work in the factory. That's amazing because uh, this used to be this place used to be a, there used to be a, fab, a factory, a steel industry, you know, a big complex, and uh, the bricks are some of them probably come from the same factory when it was demolished. They just throw it outside the river, which is right from here, you know, and the wheels as well. They are from the, the same factory. They, they used them to sharpen uh, uh, steel tools, and uh, and they are back right here where it all started <laughs> in this place. And it, amazing. it also shows how much the uh, the River Don has changed, because back in the olden days it was very much just a, a disposal place. You know, yeah. people, people threw you know things in and no one really cared an awful lot about the River Don. But now you look at it and it's a home to artwork and it's it's beautiful and there's yeah. fish and all sorts. You know, the first year when it came, five years ago, it was completely kind of abandoned. You know, there was no, uh, there were a lot of people uh, there like uh, using drugs, unfortunately. But now it's, it's changed. There are no, no people, I cannot find like hypodermic needles, they're gone. Uh, and uh, it's more active, I mean, you see different people coming around and enjoying themselves. Uh, so it's kind of uh, evolving, the place itself is uh, turning into something much more interesting. What inspires you about the river? Is it, is it the river that inspires you or is it the kind of the materials that you find in it? I think uh, the river itself uh, gives you, uh, you in a state of mind because uh, it's water, you feel connected with nature. It's something bigger because it's coming, you know, and going, coming from somewhere very far and going very far. And it's also moving. And the water itself doesn't remind you of anything alarming, you know, it's just water. So it can put you in a state of mind, like meditation, and you can sing better. And I've seen a lot of people, especially when I first I came, people with mental problems, and I talked to them and they have mental problems, but they kind of uh, gravitated toward the river to feel a bit better. So the river have that power. And I use it to, of course, to feel better. It's really nice to stand there in the middle of the river, you know. And it's like going on holiday sometimes. Yeah. Even in winter when it is a bit rainy and not very pleasant, but you feel at peace. And it helps you to think in a, at a different level about things. So we left Dan to grind some wheels and went to grind wheels of a different sort. Um, we were meeting Neil Ellis from Skateboard GB and he was at Mario Land on Exchange Street. 
Uh, so about two years ago, I looked into creating stable architecture in Sheffield City Centre. Um, I spoke to a couple of guys which had already been in conversations with the council about doing this and they told me about a project that was happening on Exchange Street um, and from there we've had various conversations and the idea is to put skatable areas within the city centre and this was the first of one. And uh, uh, just to set the scene really, there's uh, there's three kind of like purpose-built concrete um, sort of blocks if you like, there's some rails as well. Um, how important do you think this is for Sheffield and how big a step forward is it for skateboarding in the city? Um, I think it's a great, great step forward for skateboarding in Sheffield as a whole because it's an urban sport so people love to skate in this city centre in the town environment um, and since uh, the Devonshire Green Skate Park was built over 20 years ago there's not really been anything for skateboarders in the city centre so this is the first time we've had something built specifically for skateboarders so yeah it's a great step forward and I think everyone's pretty happy so far. And uh, you were telling me that it's kind of inspired a little bit by other cities like Malmo and Copenhagen, maybe some places in uh, New York as well. Um, is, that, is that true? Is it is like Sheffield kind of like on a par with some of those now? <laughs> I would hope so. I, I hope it's going up there. But there's basically been various projects around the world where skateboard architecture has been installed in city centres and it's just helped create some guardianship on the, in those areas so make people feel safer that there's skateboarders hanging around and the fact that they can walk up and down the streets uh, knowing that there's other people around looking out for them really. So, yeah, hopefully we're on the first stage to getting that here in Sheffield. And uh, it wouldn't be Sheffield without there being a bit of a twist in the tale, so uh, literally Mario Land, uh, as it's known, is a stone's throw or maybe even just a short ollie from the uh, the home of Sheffield Castle. Yeah, exactly. And also the video game museum just up the road as well. So it's a, it's a great combination of things coming together. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool like having something which... Uh, encourages people to come down and skate in the city as well rather than just go to a skate park so it's like you're in the city doing some shopping or whatever then come for a skate as well so it's uh, you can do various things and now you can skateboard in the city so it's cool and uh, why is it called uh, Mario Land is uh, that's not really a nod to Sheffield's past is it more of a nod to its digital kind of gaming side it's more about the construction what we've put here so because we've got three separate height blocks um, on the exchange street area the idea is we used to have like the block things you used to jump over on the video game on mario uh, so the idea came from that and it just created this like little area so that's why we named it after that basically so what is it about uh, castlegate you think that uh, goes hand in hand with uh, skate park why do you think this area in sheffield to be honest, um, it was just an area of, of Sheffield we were able to do it. There's not very many areas where we've got a flat piece of land that isn't heavily populated with people walking up and down. So it came about because it was the availability of the area, really. And uh, I think people have always skated around this area of Sheffield. Fitzalan Square has always been a, a, a skate spot for about 20 years or so. And so... I think it kind of leads on down through the city as well. So you start at Devonshire Green, go through past the City Hall, skate there, and then this is the, the next stage of uh, skating through the city, I guess, as it was. If you spoke to Simon Ogden, who was our guest in the uh, in the very last um, uh, podcast that we did, he uh, he said that the businesses that grew up around Sheffield Castle were, you know, small, innovative, you know, always kind of like taking the city and taking things forward. Do you think? That's something that you can identify with as a, as a skateboarder and, uh, and the fact that Mario Land is here. Yeah, yeah, de definitely. Like, skateboarding is a very progressive and creative uh, sport or lifestyle, as you like to put it. Um, 
So I think adding that element of creativity into the Castle Market area almost enhances what it's already got here. It's got the colourful shop fronts, it's got the colourful blocks, and now you've got the colourful vibrancy of skateboarding down here. So it's, uh, yeah, it's helped to bring it together and just an extra thing that will make Castlegate great, I guess, in the next few months. And uh, I've been told that on the opening of, uh, of Mario Land there was a uh, um, you know, maybe hundreds of skateboarders that have gathered here for, to try out the, uh, the particular jumps and uh, tricks that you can do down here. Yeah, there was, there was, yeah, over the day there was over 100 people skateboarding. Obviously socially distanced, groups of six and everything like that. It all went down very well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been re a really positive start right from 10 o'clock in the morning. There was people skating here, youngsters, um, right through the evening. There was still groups of about 20 or 30 still skating here at 7 or 8 at night. So... It's been, yeah, it's been well received so far, I think. Uh, one of the things about uh, the heart of the city development further on into Sheffield is uh, this idea of creating city centres that aren't just for people to kind of to work or to shop, but this kind of idea of, uh, of having uh, you know, leisure spaces or climbing walls or skateboarding. Um, is that something that you kind of agree with and uh, do you think that's, uh, that's something that Sheffield could really benefit from? Definitely, definitely. I think this is the first step of showing how that can work. I mean, in terms of um, other cities that you've skated in, I mean, tell me about uh, how this particular facility compares to somewhere like Malmo or Copenhagen. Uh, it's different. It's definitely a, it's a bit smaller than other places, um, but it's, it's great because it's got everything. It's got a small section for beginners, which is literally 10 centimetres high all the way through to a, a block which is um, 45 centimetres high and a, a rainbow rail which is pretty difficult for even the best of skateboarders so it's, it's got it's got the elements which allow everyone to skate which is yeah it, it's different to some skate skate spots because you go to some and they'll feel really daunting whereas we try to make this one as inclusive as possible so we feel like we're on the right track with this. And do you find that it's not just uh, young kids anymore? Are there people of different ages that are giving it a try? Definitely, definitely. And this year we've seen a massive growth definitely during the lockdown. And one of the main things is we've seen a lot of females come back into the sport, but also loads of rad dads and rad mums. So people who used a skateboard when they were 10 years old or 15 years old, who gave it up for 10 years, went into work, focused on work, focused on marital life, and then they've got kids now that start skateboarding and they're coming down with their kids. So it's just, yeah, it's a great time for everyone to skateboard because it did used to be a very male, young, young orientated sport, but it's now everyone. So it's, it's a good time to start if you're uh, considering it. And I think um, in the past, Castlegate was an area that you tried to escape from as quickly as possible. You know, it's very much a kind of a, a cut through for people. But now you can almost see the kind of the genesis of a day out. You could go to the uh, video games museum. You could come down for a skate. You could go down to uh, the riverfront or the canal side where there's developments happening as well. Um, do you sort of share that vision for Castlegate? Do you think it could be like the, the next up and coming sort of Kellam Island, if you like? Definitely, definitely. And I think that, that all started when they got the commune area um, just up from Castlegate, great bars and restaurants. You've got the area around Victoria Keys, which is beautiful, like the Dorothy Pikes is a great pub if you've never been, if you've ever been there. And I think this just connects it all, like the Castlegate area, just adds an extra element of uh, connectivity to the city. So having skateboarding here is something different, isn't it? You're, you're sat here 
waiting for your bus or you're walking down through the city centre down to the Victoria Keys or through to Kelm Island you walk through you see people skateboarding it's a spectacle it's great to watch and it's fun to watch like you can try and stuff so yeah I hope it uh, it's not just beneficial for skateboarders but also beneficial for others using the area I think we'll leave it there, Neil, and uh, record some ambient skateboarding sounds. So uh, you've brought your board down. Um, so thank you very much today, and uh, we'll carry on with our journey through Castlegate people. Thank you very much. So we brought you the sculptor and the skater, and now it's time to bring you the speakeasy tailor. It's uh, Bally Jahal from Bow Fashions. Maybe it's just like uh, it's like Sheffield, isn't it? Constantly reinventing itself. Well, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's just it's kind of like I kind of, I kind of get drawn to areas like this. I mean, I used to live in Shoreditch before Shoreditch was Shoreditch, and this reminded me of Shoreditch. My mother-in-law said to me, "Why, why do I, why do I open something in Castlecote?" And uh, the irony is, is that this is where Sheffield was born. So spiritually, we turned that back on where, you know, where it started. Where everyone came from, yeah? Where it started. So, yeah, I've got, ah. that's got to be made. I mean, that's, that's getting, that's getting made. These are the three of outdoor. Isn't it good? Seating. Oh, wow. Outdoor seating. Look at them lights. Yeah. They're, they're up all there. Oh, all my grannies. <laughs> Um, but we're here with uh, with uh, Bally Jahal um, or Billy Joel, as uh, as you were once known, aka Billy Joel. Yeah, that's the one. And, what, and what's the rendition that goes right? With that, so then? yeah, so I used, yeah? To, I used to work. For, <laughs> yeah, I used to, where I used to work, I'm not going to say where I work, but um, I used to do a rendition of uh, Billy Joel, Uptown Girl, Uptown Girl, you'll be living in a downtown world, and it used to get get me through doors basically because uh, Marjorie on the other end of the phone, would be like, hey Marjorie, have you heard this? Like, and then, and then before you knew it, you'd uh, you'd get put through to the people that could make decisions. So it was great for working in sales. Can see why. Yeah, but, anyway. well, we, but we've come through uh, an interesting door this evening evening that you wouldn't really uh, well we wouldn't know existed but um there has been a lot of life here <laughs> yeah it's a hidden, hidden world of uh, bow fashions yeah and uh, it, it is just a uh, uh, amazing to walk off the street and to see um you know well it's, it's like a tardis isn't it Valley? it is a little bit yeah i mean i think I think that the the killer uh, the the, uh, the as most people might have walked down here. It's on Exchange Street um, in Castlegate, and if you walk past, there's gold shutters with some uh, what we might call foreign writing, but it's uh, it's Punjabi, and it's basically just tra- it translates to uh, all fur coat and no knickers, um, you know. And, the, and the, the whole kind of point of that is it's kind of relating a little bit back to uh, Jarvis Cocker and you know the fact that we're all common people and actually you know what belies this superficial elegance that we have basically more polished parts of the city actually we're all we're all kind of good people all trying to get on and have a drink or socialize which is difficult in these times as you know <laughs> is that what kind of draws you to this area then the, yeah. you know the kind of common people factor that yeah all... I, th- I think equally you know there's there's this yeah that, there's that and it's I think it's you know, the, the kind of heritage of this area is obviously, as we all know, like, you know, Sheaf Field was born from the River Sheaf and it was here that Sheffield actually came from. 
So this area, Castlegate, is, is the heart of Sheffield, really, when you look at it. And how many people do you know with that romantic story? Is, oh, I remember when the market, and we used to go to the market with Minan, and then we walk <laughs> yeah. all the way up to the moor. That was the tour. That's what we did. That's Everyone's like, got their own market store. Such a Sheffield thing. And it's just like, you know. <laughs> <The> music stall. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was it. It was, you know, this is, this is the heart of Sheffield. And it's, the irony is, when I was kind of, actually kind of, because I got a thrifty store up the road as well, and when I came here sort of five years ago, um, five or six years ago actually um, this was the area where nobody wanted to be and it was like mm-hmm. I mean, my mother-in-law said well, why are you doing it in Castlegate was, you know, was, nobody goes to Castlegate anymore but that's kind of like I don't know You know, we're surrounded by brutalist architecture aren't we and then you actually, you actually think uh, is the architect a brutal or are we as a people brutal without getting too deep mm-hmm. it's like you turn your back on where you know we were kind of all Sheffield you know as now a, a, a resident Sheffielder uh, we, were, we were kind of this is the heritage and this is where we were kind of I suppose our existence is, 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 is from this, this space where the sheep and Don meet, you know, oh, I can see which is pretty much right opposite where we're It's all at. turning around now and everything's like linking back up together again rather than it yeah. being like something here and everything closed down. And It's getting um, joined, joined up, I think, definitely. Mm, feels like that, definitely. Yeah, I think it is. And it's just nice, it's nice. I mean, obviously you've got you guys in the skate park outside. There's stuff, there's stuff happening now, which is, I think, in my, in my kind of, Belief is, you know, it's urban and it's it's real, you know, because it's, I don't know, you you can get polished and you can get big corporates moving in, but I think there's a heritage to to be kind of protected when places like Plot Twenty Two, which is next door, which is a uh, a music and um, arts kind of social enterprise, which deals with. Um, young people that have been socially excluded for whatever reason, some of them, you know, might have done a bit of time, a uh, bit of bird, but you know, it's, 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 it's but the, you know, they're doing good things, and it's like all that happens is when once it becomes this word gentrified, I don't like to use it, and when it kind of evolves and becomes commercial, they get pushed out, which you know, I think there needs to be some protection so that these sort of arts venues and independents stay within an area, do you know what I mean? Because mm. they're the ones that, that create the catalyst to to actually make an area good and then all of a sudden it just becomes another more <laughs> you know, in my opinion. It feels very creative as you as you kinda of come down here and it's all the art and I mean I didn't know about that place as well. Yeah, yeah. Next door. So it's, that's another uh, one you have to you have to yeah, put on the podcast. To what they do is pretty, pretty So what good. about the new place then? Well, yeah, I'm that. just it's it's kind of I suppose that you know you kind of I think for me it's it's trying to get things going down here. And, you know, there's there's um, the new place again. That there's a bit of history attached to that because we called it True Loves, which is based on the Richard Hawley track. But also there's a poem mm-hmm. that's called True Loves, which is written in 1837. Don't quote me on that because uh, we'll uh, we'll confirm that at the end of the yeah, yeah yeah yeah. We'll have a recital. Me for, <laughs> for not knowing the exact date, but it's quite an interesting poem. And it talks about it talks about uh, Ladies Bridge actually. Uh, I'll dig it up quickly. Well, True Love's gutter, but obviously Richard Orley did a track about it as well, um, and it's it's basically talks about two lovers that got washed away in, a, in the Great Flood. Apparently, um, I'm trying to find it quickly. You can, you can edit this out. It's good. Uh, <laughs> no, it's still good. So, so I mean, my, my poetry reading skills aren't great, but I'll try. Um, so, so basically, True Love's gutter also had. It's bridge, as we know, from the repairs done in 1697 and again in 1714. James Wills, that's the guy I think he wrote the poem, contrasting in glowing terms of the improved state of things in 1827 and appealing to those veterans of Sheffield, whose memory went back for 60 years, refers to the open gutters thus. 
You remember the sinks in the midst of the streets when the rain poured in torrents, each passenger greets his fellow with what a wide channel is here. We shall all be drowned, I'm greatly in fear. For lately two lovers were sat on a, on a rail on the edge of the sink, fondly telling the tale, when the flood washed them down in each other's embrace for no longer the lovers could sit in, in that place and hence the true love's got a name that was given. There you go. Because of the flood, those two lovers were driven. But the interesting thing about that is there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an underlying sort of other story that runs alongside it, which is apparently, and Simon Ogden knows this, and, and, and it's, it's from Simon Ogden that I got this bit of uh, information. Is a good source of an oracle he is and he is the oracle um, and apparently the true loves family were a bunch of butchers and they still exist in Sheffield the true loves and um, this is going to segue into the, the actual thing what we're talking about but, <laughs> but, um, but, but basically true loves Tulips were butchers and they used to throw their offal in the, in the, into the river and it's, that's why it was called Tulips Gutter, which is the, the irony. So this is going back onto the, what, this new place that we're opening. is It's, a, it's going to be a Yorkshire charcuterie and delicatessen. So we're nice. going to be doing Yorkshire meats and Yorkshire cheeses and really sort of locally sustainable sort of foods to go with wine and ales and all the rest of it. Um, so we call Yeah, eating. Yeah. <laughs> but we're doing it. Um, so it's going to be called Tulips. Um, and it's, the irony is it's in two arches on Victoria Quay, so hence it's the crest of the heart. There you go. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, it is a beautiful thing. It's love. Man. Tired of it. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so yeah. All so resonating it, back to your true love of the Castle Gate Exactly. Area. So it's, it's all come, come full circuit. So that's the, that's the beautiful, yeah, that's it. So we recommend full circuit. So you from the Punjab originally? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my parents are. Yeah. We were looking at a picture of Maharaja, Maharaja Dilip Singh there, which is the final... Uh, king of of of, uh, of Punjab, yeah. who was actually brought up by Queen Victoria and taken at eight years old and brought up over here, <laughs> which is so we've got him up on the wall there. Look, there he is. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's quite the dandy. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, look, yeah. There's nothing better than wrapping a quilt round. And, yeah, <laughs> I mean, things are that simple now. You just get up yeah, everybody, I've wrap tried, the quilt. I've tried it. It's quite cool. It doesn't quite work for me. But yeah, it's pretty flamboyant and quite camp actually when you look at it. <laughs> and uh, he's kind of like almost like bestowing his kind of. Uh, his um, his wisdom over yeah, his, 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 his British Indianness, yeah, <laughs> a bit like myself, yeah. So it's in from the Punjab and family, and, and then onto the moor, and then uh, uh, Shoreditch to to Castlegate. Yeah, Is that, that in, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, I mean, I spent my stomping days in Leeds, uh, but then I used to the, where I kind of came across uh, Sheffield was I used to run. Work with a few people. You used to do bed night club, which is quite a big night club. Ooh, one of my favourites. Yeah, I used to do that, used to do that VIP room. <laughs> but in those days, they had VIP rooms, and it was all really cool to get in a VIP room because <laughs> uh, obviously there was quite a few people used to come. But anyway, that's a misty past. Yeah, that I don't it's really. another podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's another story. Where we time. discovered head candy, I think. Yeah, head candy. God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It was decent, decent, decent times. People used to go out and spend 20 quid on going out to, to just get into a club, let alone anything else. But anyway, yeah. And uh, where, um, you know, what do you think is next in terms of uh, this venue? I mean, I know that things are, are tricky at the minute, but there's no doubt in just the ambition and the brilliance of this place. Thank you very you know, much. It's, it's on, it is beautiful. Uh, I mean, if podcasts mm-hmm. could possibly kind of be, you know, a visual treat 
and then we'd be showing you vodcasts. The... <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should do vodcasts. Maybe we should. Maybe I'm in the wrong line or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, uh, you, you know maybe we'll do like a virtual tour or something like that just to That'd show great, people. Yeah what's all about but there's a, a fantastic dance floor upstairs there's uh, uh, the area that we're in at the moment with a you know lovely bar and uh, rainbow glitter rainbow glitter, rainbow glitter. <laughs> and Louis on toilet seats let's not forget those <laughs> <laughs> and Gucci <laughs> and I, I suppose the thing that um, is surprising about this place is that you walk down Exchange Street and it's you know until fairly recently maybe people wouldn't have much reason to stop here yeah um that's started to change with things like Plot 22 and Delicious Clan yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and and other bits and pieces. Now you've got Mario Land and we've spoken to Neil about uh, about that role in regenerating the city. Um, where next do you think, what do you think the, uh, the, the next sort of phase of Castlegate is going to be? I think, you know, in, in the perfect world when we, we, were, we were normal, I think we were there. You know, we were getting, you know, it was... Uh, you know, like I said, two weeks prior to all this happening, we got a 5am licence, we were a small music venue, um, and we were ready to go, we had about 30, 40 parties booked in. Um, but sadly we are where we are, so we have to reinvent what we're doing, as, as, as is everybody really. It's, you know, it's not, it's not easy, because now we're, now we're looking at becoming, I suppose, a regular bar, you know, which is difficult because what we're actually asking our clientele to do is come when they were believe when they were probably coming in probably mm. way before even mm. that actually people used to turn up at 12 o'clock to be fair so now it's kind of reinventing ourselves so we're doing pop-up kitchens I mean we've got an app that's called Bell Fashion Social app which you can download on Android and Google a little bit of a plug but there you go um, but that enables you to kind of come in and track and trace off of that but we're doing like pop-up kitchens as well um, so obviously we're, you know somebody will come in and do set up a kitchen there and we'll We'll do it. I, you know, I, I want to kind of do my own uh, tarly, which I, I do like Punjabi cooking. It sounds like you don't have any problem reinventing. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Anything else. I think my hobby is time. That's a, <laughs> one man trying to do three things. It's, uh, it's not easy, but um, but I enjoy it. You know, you're lucky. You, you, you know, if you're doing something, I, I used to work for corporates when I was Billy Joel, and um, you know, or Barry Jones, also known as. But um, you know, that, that that was something I didn't enjoy doing, even though I made it fun and I enjoyed doing it. But it wasn't me. But this is something I enjoy, and everything that I do is is part of me. So it's it's quite a fortunate position to be in. So I'm quite thankful for that, you know, without, without sounding, um, you know, really deep about it. But it's, it's nice to be able to do what you want to do. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people that have to do things. And I was mm-hmm. that person where you have to work to do things to, to pay the bills. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's fortunate. It makes it more authentic. Of course though, it does, yeah, definitely. I think so. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that, that's for me, you know, it's, it's quite real to what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Simple. It's, it's been quite the journey, and uh, I think has. we're going to take a trip down to uh, True, True Loves. Loves. True Loves, uh, let's go. And, uh, and see those double arches. Yeah, I'll take you in there. And the gutter. And the gutter, yeah, there is a gutter that runs through it. It's called the canal. 